There we go. We're good to go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode two of the Facility Talk podcast powered by Bimo Elite Athletics and Project Baseball. Today, I'm joined by a good friend of mine, a fellow very powerful athlete, uh, Bimo Elite Athletics Texas strength conditioning coach, Fernie Zuvia. Fernie, thank you for coming on, man. Hey, what's up, man? Thanks for having me on here. Hey, you were just telling me you just finished up your workout. Did you do lower body or upper body? Did some upper <laughs> you gotta get get your sick pump in for the day, huh? Yes, sir. What are we what are we what are we going on? Uh bench press. We do we do nah. now well I was in Austin last weekend, so I just kinda eye wash workout, did some back and buys. <laughs> <laughs> be sexy, be sexy. Hey, you know, we gotta just gotta get the pump going, everything like that. Yeah. We'll but, go back to the original schedule next week. Yeah, back to back on to the lifting, just getting back into the swing of things, especially after like a vacation, because yeah. sometimes you'll I mean, the rest is well needed at times, but that, those first few lifts coming back, they can be a little rough. But I don't know. speaking about getting back into things, I want to start this thing off talking about in-season training, because a lot of guys are heading back like for college baseball as well as high school baseball. I know at the facility right now. Um, you just a bunch of high school guys are coming in later in the evening and they have practice, you know, school during the day. And it's the same for the college guys. So, I mean, what has been your approach to training these guys in season and managing their workloads? Um, so like, especially a lot of the college guys that are out here, um, they like, based on what they're doing at school, like it is a pretty heavy workload. So most of the guys we transition from, a four-day lifting phase to a three-day lifting phase. And that can be anywhere from like all three days are full body workouts where it could be like a lower, a lower body workout, an upper body workout, and then like a full body workout. Um, And that's just kind of something that like I go over over with them, see what kind of approach they'd like to go to first. Um, But yeah, so that's basically what it is. Mm -hmm. My approach as far as, how I go about in-season training. Um, I know guys got other stuff going outside of here, so we really try to program around that. Nice. Yeah. Um, what do you, I mean, what are your, what's your take on like what the load should be? Cause you know, there's thousands of ways, you know, everyone's different about what they like to do in season. I know guys that are like, I'd rather just not lift at all, which you should not do yeah. by the way, but um, do you want these guys lifting heavy? Do you guys, do you want them doing more plyometric work? Like what, what's, what do you kind of want them more to gear their or shift their focus towards when they're doing these in-season workouts? Um, so as far as like, obviously once you're in season, like the main focus is to be able to maintain that straight for the duration of the entire season. Mm-hmm. Um, in my opinion, the best way to go about that is every day or every day that you have a lift, maybe focus on one or two um, heavy compound lifts. But even at that, I probably wouldn't go like no, no like maxes, two rep max, three rep max, uh, something more for between the five to eight rep range. Um, as far as the weight, like the the load that they're actually moving, it just it's really gonna depend for me on how they're feeling that day. So um, I know like a lot of the APCC guys here in El Paso, they um, sometimes they do have a pretty heavy workload on like their lifting days over there. So when they do come and get maybe a second lift here 
or a lift after the the day that they had a lift at EPCC, I always make sure like, hey, like, how are you feeling today? What's your fatigue level? Um, and I'll just moderate accordingly. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm dealing with that right now because so yesterday, right now we're on a three day week lifting schedule. And then on Tuesdays and Thursdays, we have yoga, which mm-hmm. that that's a story for another day because that thing has been kicking my ass. But um, like for the Monday, Wednesday, Friday schedule that we're on right now, yesterday was Tuesday and we threw live and I threw live and I threw like 40 pitches full intent. And then afterwards, you know, we had to do like our post post plyo recovery, all that stuff. I woke up yeah. today for weights and it feel like it felt like somebody beat me with a sledgehammer last night. Yeah, <laughs> like I, mean, I was dead. So I got when I got in there today and like we were doing like five by threes on bench press today because today was like our upper body day. Yeah. And I, I told our strength coach, I was like, hey, like, I'm not I, I got to dial it back just a little bit today because normally, you know, I mean, you we've worked out together, you know, like, you know, I'll try yeah. to like get some good weight going. But I sometimes you just got to listen to your body, you know. I mean, you said it, yeah, like, no. it's like, especially in season, like, hey, there may be days where it's like you have a lift schedule, but, you know, hey, you're not feeling like it's you're not up to par to perform your best. So we should just do some recovery stuff, you know, give you a little bit of a rest. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. And then um, I guess like on top of the question, like, how do I go about in-season training? Um so like say if one of the guys were to come in and he's like, yo, like I'm feeling 70, 80% today, um, then I'll just kind of tell him like if they do have a lift scheduled, like give me seven, give me a hundred percent of that 70, 80%. Mm-hmm. Um and basically that's just so that they could keep the intensity. Like I understand they're probably not gonna be lifting as heavy, but um the intensity of how you work uh is really gonna be the like determining factor of whether you're going to keep up your strength throughout the season or not. Um, obviously I know there's days where like, you just really don't want to work out, but Hey, yeah, it's good for you. Um, you're going to feel good after the workout and mm-hmm. the, it doesn't have to be a full hour workout. It, you could crunch it down to 30, 45 minutes. Um, and it, it could be just as effective as a one, one and a half hour workout. Um, but I would say that if you're lifting for over an hour in season, then you're probably not getting the the best workout or basically like getting the best out of what you're doing. Yeah. You're just putting unnecessary stress on your body. Rather yeah, than exactly. Just knocking it out and then getting out of there. Go yeah. get some food in your body. And like speaking of food, I mean, I know you that's one of the things that, you know, this past summer when we were there, you were meal prepping and every day I was seeing you eat just some of the best yeah. meals I've ever seen. So, and I just like, I feel like in general, when it comes to just feeling good in season, the nutrition factor is like one of the biggest things. So, I mean, obviously if we're talking to college guys, a lot of them are on a limited budget. If you could think of a couple meals that you think are really good for guys to get, maybe if they're on a budget, you know, they don't have a whole lot of stuff to work with. And they just need to get something quick, get the protein, get those cal- or just carbs, calories, fats. Like what, what yeah. would you be, what would be your go-to? Um, so I would assume many college athletes have like those five, 6 a.m. workouts. So I know sometimes it can be really tough to eat that early in the morning, but 
if you can simply get yourself some plain Greek yogurt with some fruit, maybe a little bit of honey on there, some granola, like that's going to take you a whole lot further than just getting a workout with like no nutrients in you. Um, eating that little bit of protein before that workout is really going to just energize those muscles so you could get a good pump uh, and maximize the your workout for that day. Yeah, I know. So for me, one of the things, the plain Greek yogurt, there's an Aldi. I don't know if you if you know what Aldi is, because, yeah, no, nah. it's they don't have them. They don't have them in the Southwest. It's like a Midwest and East Coast chain, but it's like a grocery store. Everything is really cheap. It's relatively cheap, but they got plain Greek yogurt and then they got these protein yogurts. So what I'll do in the mornings is I'll get some like the plain Greek yogurt and then one of those protein yogurts that and I'll just mix it up throw in a little bit of granola, maybe some fruit and then a banana. That'll be my pre-workout meal. You know, nothing crazy. I don't yeah, like that's... eating. I don't like eating big before my lifts. No, yeah, yeah. I'm the same way. And I am sure we can vouch for many athletes out there uh, eating on a full stomach or, I mean, lifting on a full stomach can be pretty tough sometimes. Yeah. End up, <laughs> <laughs> end up blowing chunks all over the floor. Pushing yeah. Oh, yeah. No, dude, I mean, yeah no it's empty yeah you got i gotta do it on empty stomach and then I, and then i'll i'll eat a lot afterwards you know that's that's what you gotta go to. um but you know while we're on the, this topic of just like what to take stuff like that if you are over this is for guys that are 18 years older all right we can't tell anybody to take hey you need to take this right we're not doctors but if you could recommend like what do you think are the best supplements that you would recommend baseball players that are 18 years and older that they start taking? Um, well, the most obvious one is the one that has the most research research done on it. And that's going to be creatine. Um, it's going to help recover the muscles. Uh, it's going to help inflate the muscles as well. Um, that's pretty much the main one that like, I would suggest someone take um, like me personally, I take ashwagandha every day. Um, what else do I take? Um, I take the beet juice, like the the powder beets, super beets. Um, Elite. Th yeah, that. So that's good too. Um, obviously, it's gonna help increase blood flow. Um, get that like extra pump feeling when you're lifting. Uh, it should like for me. Ever since I started taking that, it has increased my en energy levels. Um, but the main one would be creatine. Um, on top of creatine is get your protein in. The more natural protein that you can get in your body, the better. Uh, once you kind of start looking into like your whey protein powders and all that stuff, yeah, they're good as far as like make to like get that protein intake in. But like me personally, I'd rather just get all my protein naturally. If for whatever reason I end up like missing a meal or not, that's when I'll resort to that protein powder. Um, but those are, I guess the other supplement would be sleep. Make sure you guys are sleeping. <laughs> Sleep is a big one. It, yeah. it it was something I struggled with all summer just because I was used to being back at school in my own bed. And then I went back home and I was in a completely different bed. And, you know, when you're in a new environment, it's a lot harder to sleep. So I was yeah, struggling sure. with that one. And then once I got like once I got back here, I started sleeping like a baby. And that's it's crucial. I mean. I mean, I've, you're the same. I know you're the same way, but like, I, I have teammates that are like, yeah, I run on like five hours of sleep. And I'm like, I can't, 
like I, I need my eight to 10 hours a night. If not, like I won't be able to one, like perform the same way. Like I'll be yeah. drag, I'll be dragging ass Two, Like I'll just, I just probably won't feel the same. And three, like just my energy level won't be there. Yeah, no, I'm for sure. Especially like when you're not sleeping enough, that it kind of increases the risk of injury as well. Um, so I would say as an athlete, make sure you prioritize that. Um, as far as supplements, like I said, just creatine and get your protein in. Yeah. Yeah. On that like natural protein powder or not protein powder, the natural proteins uh, in a pinch, the whey protein is the way to go. Like say like, yeah, like, sure. hey, like I need a little something. I don't have time to go cook a meal or anything like that. And I know, I remember when I, like, what was this, like a year and a half ago, I hadn't taken, I didn't take protein for like a year, no powder. I would just get everything from food, you know, chicken, ground beef, eggs, all that stuff. And I'd have like teammates, they'd be like, hey, you know, what, what protein powder do you take? And I'd be like, I I don't take one. What? (laughs) Like they, they have, they take it every day. And I mean, it's, yeah. it's fine. Hey, if you, if you want to put yourself like, like you're trying to do, like put on weight, stuff like that. Yeah. Just throw them, throw them down. It's easy to get it yeah, down. Yeah, for sure. I mean, for me personally, I don't like them too, too much just because sometimes I feel like really bloated with them. Um, mm-hmm. And as far as like, I guess fat intake, I feel like there might be a little bit more fat in those whey protein powders just because of like all the artificial stuff that's going into mm-hmm. it. Um, and yeah, just that, that like bulky, heavy feeling, just like, it wasn't for me. So, yeah. um, I know some people do like that, but, uh, for me, I just always felt really heavy and I felt like I wasn't moving as quick as I should be. So have you, have you kinda, ever, have you ever tried like the mass gainers? Yeah, actually my freshman year, my freshman year of college, I tried one of those and I put on weight really, really quick, but like I go back to those pictures and for sure I looked a lot more like chunkier, like more inflated. <laughs> not not like, in the it, right it places was, either. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't, it was not good weight at all. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, uh, yeah, I was in the same boat as you. I went, I think I graduated my senior year of high school. I was 174 pounds maybe. And in one summer, I went from that to like 195, 200. And it was not good. Like it was just, I was throwing down mass gainer, like a mass gainer shake, like 1300 freaking calories. Calories. Yeah. Yeah, And I was just like, oh, I felt like crap all the time. (laughs) Now, 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 now we're getting back to where it's good. But, you know, I think, I think an off like overlooked for baseball players when it comes to lifting. This might be a little bit of a controversial take, but I don't care because I think it holds it holds very true. I think the better you feel like you look in a uniform and on the field, the better you play. So yeah, do you think sure. do you think that guys like baseball players sometimes they should be hitting some 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 arm farms just to get that good pump going, you know, get some good size on them. And, you know, I, they like to throw out the phrase all over on social media, shout out Jack Barry, hashtag be sexy. What, what do you think about that? You think that holds, that holds true? Uh, Like about the arm farm or like about just in general, you know, you know, just hit, hit some, 
hit some exercises that'll get your legs going, your biceps going, your triceps, all that, all that fun stuff. Um, I mean, I guess it just depends on the athlete as well. Um, I mean, for me, like I, I was one of those that like, Hey, like I need to look good in order to play good. Um, cause I, I actually had my high school coach. He would always say like, yeah, I want you guys to look good. Cause if you guys look good, you're going to feel good. You're going to play good. Um, and I guess that just kind of stuck with me growing up playing baseball. But at the end of the day, I think it just kind of depends more on the athlete. Um, I know some some guys are just there to throw the baseball 90 plus miles per hour. Some guys are just there to hit the ball 400 plus feet and they don't care about what they're wearing, mm-hmm. uh, what they're doing in the weight room. But like I said, it just goes back to what kind of athlete you're trying to be. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, for you, I you were t- when you were telling me about your college career because you went from Midland Junior College, right, to St. Yeah. Mary's. So you went from Junior College to Division Two, and you showed me your transformation pictures of how you looked in high school to when you <laughs> finished college to now. Yeah. So you you got a pretty, and I think this is why I think it's why it makes you a really good strength coach is because you've seen the results of like putting in progress, like work over time and being consistent. Cause mm-hmm. you, if I remember correctly, you said when you were done playing college baseball, you were what? 165 pounds, right? Yeah. 160, 165 around there. And now you're, you're what? 185, 180. Yeah. 185 on a good day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you, when you got your, when you got your, your mass gainer in you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sounds about right. Um, but I have one of the, one of the things I've, I saw a clip of this and they applied it to another sport, but I kind of want to get your take on it just in the, the world of baseball. So if you could only pick six exercises to program guys for the rest, the rest of the time, what mm-hmm. six exercises would you pick um, for lifting? I'm, I'm assuming, well, obviously I'm, since we're training baseball players, I'm going to keep it more towards baseball. Um, I feel like the one general one that, like, all athletes should be doing um, would be deadlifts. Um, personally, as an athlete, I think it may be more focused on trap bar deadlifts because there's less risk of injury there. Um, but that's going to help power development driving through the ground. Um on top of the deadlift, uh, another lower body would maybe be, I would say, either hit thrust or like two bridges off the floor. Either one. I mean, they're pretty much the same lift, um, but those are really going to get the the posterior chain going. Um, we as as baseball players, any athletes, like you always want to have a strong posterior chain. So I would say spam those like. Every day, if you could, every leg day, if possible. Um, for upper body stuff, um, pressing overhead pressing motions are good. Um, I would, as for baseball players, I would keep it more to like dumbbells. So uh, dumbbell push press, dumbbell military press. Um, those are all good. Um, obviously, as long as you're doing it with correct form. Um, as a overhead throwing athlete, you want to be strong in the overhead uh, position. So those go hand in hand. Um, bench pressing, I would say it's good too. Um, 
here at the facility, I mean, you know yourself, we use that neutral bar grip. Um, and that's just because some guys just, uh, they come with to us and they don't have like the lat, the lat strength to be able to keep their, their elbows in, um, like with the neutral, with the regular bar. Um, so that neutral bar does allow them to keep those elbows in, uh, stay more in a neutral position. Um, but if you don't have a neutral bar grip, dumbbell, dumbbell benching is perfect. Um, you want to be able to like control the weight from the, for the entire range of motion. Um, what else? What's that for? If we're doing it. Yeah, that's four. Okay. Um, okay. And so for any pulling motions, um, I would say pull-ups and any type of row, it could be dumbbell row, bent over row. Um, like I said earlier, the posterior chain uh, in athletes has to be the strongest, okay? Um, pitchers, any throwing athletes, hitters, um, they need to have a strong back in order to be able to maintain the arm. Um, what do you call it? Um, I wouldn't worry so much about the chest muscles. Um, any pushing motion is just going to be in order so that you don't get too reactive in the back and like it's all, uh, overcompensating for the front muscles. Mm -hmm. I'm a firm believer that the, the muscles in the front of your body are just show muscles. So those are the muscles that are just going to basically make you look good. Um, but as athletes, um, I really, this goes back to like what kind of athlete you want, you are, but as an athlete, we don't worry too much about the front side because like I said, the posterior chain is what has to be stronger. Um, everything starts from the back. Everything starts from the ground. Um, and that's where you're going to see your best results as an athlete. Yeah. What, what about core exercises? Which ones do you think would be good? Because I see guys, they just hammer crunches and sit-ups. <laughs> yeah, like, um, all right, Hey man. That that's yeah. really not going to help you if you're if you want to do this if you want to throw hard and hit the ball. Far. Yeah, for sure. Um, I what I do think is that somebody needs to be or like an athlete needs to be able to do crunches, um, in any sort of form. It could be like bicycle crunches, V ups, single leg V ups, any of that stuff. They need to be able to do it because that's like the basic foundation of like core. Mm -hmm. um but if you really want to optimize and maximize your your athletic ability as like power output um then for sure a lot of med ball work uh to be explosive from the core um a lot of rotational stuff but at the same time a lot of anti-rotational stuff so that you can stabilize the core while rotating mm -hmm. um those are all going to be good for sure but i wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily neglect like the crunches and all that just because again, they are like the basic foundation of like your abdominals. And I feel like if someone has a basic understanding of how to do a proper crunch for reps, then they're going to be a lot more prepared to work on like power, explosive rotational stuff without injuring like the, the oblique abdominal area. Yeah. If that makes sense. No, yeah, that makes perfect sense. I mean, especially with, younger guys um you know i was talking about it with drew and how a lot of them you know when they come in 
And we have this conversation when, you know, their parents are like, yo, I want them to work on their mechanics or their hitting stuff like this, like nonstop. And it's like, Hey man, mm-hmm. like he's not, like, you got to have this conversation with him. It's like, Hey, like he's not at the, he's not seeing the results you want him to see because he lacks the foundations of strength that he needs in order to get into these positions and not only get into these positions, maintain the positions over time so that he can stay healthy while also producing the same results. And that's, that's not possible without getting it in the weight room. At a, honestly, I think once you get to 14, you need to be in the weight room doing movements, building that foundation of strength. Yeah, so that for sure. It doesn't come back and bite you in the ass once you're 18, 19, trying to go into college. And you're like, dude, I'm way smaller than all these other guys. And all these yeah. movements feel a lot harder. So, I mean, yeah, for, for sure. For younger guys, you know, what's what's some of the stuff that you've been gearing your, like, workouts for? Um, so, for, like, so we actually started taking in younger guys, like, middle school, 7th, 8th grade years. So, what, like, 13, 14-year-olds? Mm-hmm. So, a lot of them, obviously, they come to us and they're, it's, lifting is something new for them. So, I'm honestly, with them, I'm not too worried about how much weight they can move. Like, I just want to make sure that by the end of their eighth grade year, if that's the year they're in, um, that they know how to move correctly and properly. That way, once they get to high school, then that's when we can start focusing a little bit more on getting that strength up. Um, But like you said earlier, um, if there's no basic foundation of, like, how to lift properly, then it's going to be very difficult to increase that strength. because without proper form, there's a higher risk of injury. And then with heavier loads, higher risk of injury as well. Yeah. So um, a lot of the younger guys' movements like goblet squats, um, just even just like body weight stuff, um, believe it or not, um, a lot of uh, the younger guys that we, that we get, some of them aren't capable of doing just 10 push-ups, you know, so – um, to be able to work from like a push-up to a proper bench press, um, it takes some time, obviously, but um, anybody can do it. It's just a matter of putting in yeah. the work, the commitment. And I mean, as you've seen it yourself, like everybody who starts off lifting, it's a, it's a long process. Um, you're not going to see results from one week to the other. Um What's that saying? They say it's a, it's not a race. It's a marathon. Yeah, it's, it's not a, a sprint. It's a marathon. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, one hundred percent. And I mean, I, I think a lot of younger guys, especially you know, they're on social media and stuff, and they see all these guys lifting heavy weight and everything like that. And you know, it honestly at times it can be a little intimidating because you're like what (laughs) like i'm supposed to be doing that and it's like hey no no no. like everyone's on their own path you don't know that guy's story don't don't try to compare yourself to what he's doing you guys you guys could be at two completely different levels and that even applies to like throwing velocity and hitting as well you know because some guys you know when they're 18 they're already in pro ball you know some guys when they're 18 you know they're going they're walking on to a junior college field and, you know, everyone, their, their paths are completely different. Um, I talked to Drew about that because, you know, his path is completely different. Um, yeah. And I mean, like for even for your for your situation, when you were playing, 
uh, college, you know, how, how did you think your path was going to go? That, like, how did you end up going to St. Mary's from Midland Junior College? You walk me through um, like your recruiting process and everything that happened in that situation regarding that. So actually, even like before I got to Midland, when I was in high school, like at one point, like I was just kind of like, hey, just play out the season. Like if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. Um, like it even went through my head at one point, like, hey, like, you know, after high school, this might be it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I knew I wanted to play college. I went on to Midland. Um Unfortunately, my sophomore year at Midland, the second half of my season didn't go too well. Um, And so it was just a matter of like seeking out schools, see who would give me a chance. Um, Sure enough, well, St. Mary's was one of the schools and um, I want to say Tarleton too, but uh, at the end of the day, I ended up choosing St. Mary's. Um, My experience there wasn't too bad. Unfortunately, my first year there, that's when COVID happened. Um, But at the same time, I was actually dealing with an elbow injury during COVID. So, or like right before COVID happened. So like, I don't know, sometimes I feel like it was a blessing in disguise. But at the same time, because obviously I wish I would have played that season out. Mm -hmm. But um, after COVID, just kind of, didn't do anything for about three months really like all I did was work um and I would lift here and there but I think during COVID while I was playing or while I was back home like I was literally playing video games on the floor and so my (laughs) hip my my hips got like super reactive my hip flexors and so like it was very hard to run and like even like swinging a certain way like would hurt my hip really bad um and so again like I didn't do anything for those three months um when we got back like I don't know what it was something just clicked and like we got back on a roll um but after St. Mary's um because I didn't I didn't really know what my my career was going to be like after that um luckily I found final elite athletics and I've been here ever since yeah. Hey, we're definitely grateful to have him. I've come to him so many times for workouts. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, hey, can you hook me up with something? And you're like, yeah, I got you. And I, you had me feeling good, especially this summer when we yeah. had Operation Tree Trunk in in full effect. Yeah, <laughs> we're still that, man. <laughs> we're still we're still we're still trying to get there. We still got some chicken legs working with, but the strength's going up. I actually, uh, yes. what was that Monday? We I PR'd in uh in front squat. We we did uh we were doing five by threes and my last set I did two sixty on those so ten ten pound PR so I'm like all right all right there we go so I don't know I'm miss unfortunately though I will be missing the one rep max next Monday so we'll have to do that another time but hopefully I'll probably skip that for now don't worry too much about how much yeah you want rep max is yeah we're we're more concerned about how how hard I can throw on the field now but. Yeah, um, and then that's a, that's another thing since you just brought that up. So, like, if you're still trying to, like, hit the same volume uh, in your workouts, like, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to go up and wait and, like, perform less reps just to get that volume in. You can easily go down and wait, go up in reps, and you're still basically hitting the same volume. Mm-hmm. Um, the only difference with training at a lighter weight with 
more reps is that it's going to help out your endurance as well. Um, and as athletes, especially pitchers who are starters or even just relievers, like they need to be able to go the entire season. So that endurance does need to be um, trained every now and then. So yeah, that's something that's probably better to focus on like during in season. Yeah. I, one thing I did steal from you and I was, we did, I literally did it today or I'll did it with my lifting partner. Cause we were doing bench press and he's yeah. also, he's a, he's a pitcher and he works out with me and he's a little bit weaker when it comes to the bench press, like mm-hmm. relatively to me, like compared to me. And I remember in, in the summer when you were doing like eccentric bench press and I was helping you spot. So you were going down as slow as you could. And then once it was yeah. on your chest, I would help you bring it back up. So what I had him start doing, because, you know, we'd be doing our working sets and then we get to like our last set and he'd go up to like probably his max weight for the day. And mm-hmm. today it was 185 he was doing. So he did the first rep and I was spotting him and it was just like an absolute struggle, like coming on the way up. Like he got yeah. the rep. I didn't touch the bar or anything. So he got the full rep, but I was like, okay, I know like, I under I like I've been working out with him for a little bit now. So I understood, okay, he's most likely not going to get these next two reps. So I told him, I was like, hey, go down these next two reps, go down as slow as you can go, and then I'll help you get it back up. And we'll do that for the last two reps. So he yeah. did that like super slow. He was like probably like eight seconds going down. And he was like nice. shaking on the way down and then helping get it back up. He did that twice. And our strength coach came over and he was like, yo, like, he's like, he's like, what is it? He's like, what how come you guys are doing that? And I was like, well, he's trying to push the weight, but he can't necessarily get those reps clean. I was like, so I feel like, you know, time under tension, priming those tendons by doing the eccentric work will help him break that threshold. And he'll be able to hopefully in like the next week, two weeks, he'll be able to get that 185 for that, that set of three. Yeah. And that's how, that's how it is. And, um, especially like, well, for me, for example, like I like to just warm up to the weight that like, I know I can hit for four sets of, I don't know, five reps. And then, or maybe not a weight that like, I know I can hit for sure, but like, say my first set of five, like, all right, like I got that maybe like at a, on a scale of one to 10, I got that with like an eight or nine uh, force level or what's the rate of perceived exertion, RPE. Um, and like, sometimes by that second set, I'm like, oh damn, like those five reps are going to feel tough the next two sets, but that's when I just get a spot. And like, if for whatever reason I can't get that third, fourth or fifth set or rep, then I'll just go ahead and do those eccentrics. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that has helped get my numbers up a lot for sure. Yeah. No, yeah. No, there's just, there's also work, like a lot of studies on isometric holds mm-hmm. a lot of guys like, i've seen a lot of videos of like power lifters and stuff not that baseball players are power lifters i just they have there's a lot of good information out there and sometimes yeah, sure. going to power lifters is a good way to find information on lifting because you know that's their job but um one of the things i saw them do is say somebody's max squat is like 375 and they're trying to break that 400 mark so what they'll do is they'll put about like 405 on the bar, unrack it and hold it for like 15, 20 seconds. And what they're doing is they're just priming the tendons in their, you know, the tendons in their legs, their knees, ankles Mm -hmm. to be able to understand like, Oh, this is what this weight feels like. And they'll do that like a few times and then drop the weight. And then they'll go into like their normal sets. 
And then, you know, they'll keep doing that over time. And then eventually once they go for that, that one rep max again, you know, that four or five, it chances are that, you know, there is a good chance that they'll be able to get that. For sure. Uh, I've actually heard about that too, but I've never attempted it myself. So maybe Mm -hmm. that's something I might want to implement into the, to my next phase. Yeah, it might be, it might be cool. I mean, we've, uh, what was it? One of the other phases was the, I mean, we did the, uh, the barbell lunge ISO holds. Yeah. And those, those help my knee pain. Cause I am someone that has patella tendonitis in both knees bad. Yeah. And those, when I was doing it, I had zero knee pain that entire phase just from doing those ISO holds. Cause you're getting mm-hmm. that good, like blood flow to those tendons and ligaments. So you're yeah, and the, the good thing about isometrics is that like, it's going to help you keep the muscle under tension while maintaining that stabilize stabilization because especially for like that lunge iso hold that we implemented into that phase um it's not easy to just be able to hold a lunge there so like you're mm-hmm. forced to stabilize yourself while maintaining that time under tension so that could have been why it helped your knee pain for sure oh yeah no i mean speaking of knee pain i smoked my knee the other day dude <laughs> dude, dude i was walking okay so i went i, ha- I have my cousin's wedding this that makes two week. of us, bro. Look. <laughs> okay, mine's not that bad. No, so so I I go. I have to get a dress shirt because my old one doesn't fit me anymore. You know, body by Fernie. Shout out Fernie because my upper body's massive. <laughs> Anyways, so we're at JC. We go to JC Penny. I go to JC Penny, and I get my dress shirt. I'm walking to the cash register, right, and. As I'm, I had to turn the corner to go to the cash register. You know those like little display things that they put like like stack T-shirts on. Yeah, there was one at perfect height, like perfect height. I'm walking as I'm looking down. I look down to like look at some stuff on the shirt, and I smoke my knee. Literally, like this is my knee right here. This knuckle, the the it went the edge of it went straight in the middle of my patella tendon, and I was like. Oh, like it, I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> dude. Yeah, it, I'm sure it, that, that didn't feel nice. No, no. And then the next morning we had yoga at 6 a.m. This was Monday. And then Tuesday morning we had 6 a.m. yoga and it was lit up. I was like, oh, like I could bend it, but like going through the full range, dude, shut it down. Yeah. I was, it was killing me. <laughs> dude, it's ridiculous. I, hey, these yoga sessions sound intense, bro. Dude, they're they've been whooping my dude okay so i always tell people this because a lot of my teammates when we found out we were doing yoga they're like oh pre's gonna crush that he's flexible he's mobile i'm like no i am not <laughs> dude <laughs> that is something i have to do every single day i mean i i've i've talked to you about like just my squat mobility because my ankle mobility is trash and your your ankle mobility is very good I've seen your squat. You get, you can get good depth yeah. on that. So I mean, <laughs> Thanks, hey, all, all power to you. I'm, I'm very jealous of that. But yeah, I, I tell people all the time that I have good mobility under load. So I, I call it you have good <laughs> elasticity. Like I can yeah. do like, like a back, like back bridges, stuff like that. And I can be flexible when I need to be flexible. But if I'm just doing like it's static not... stretching and stuff, no. No, yeah. I'm like a board. I look like I look like the board from Ed Ed and Eddie. You know, you know his. You know what was his name? The guy that had the That's plank. That's old school. That's old school. <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, it's good stuff though. Um, yeah. I mean, so 
I one of the last questions I have for you is um, when you were in college, you know, it was a few years ago. What has been the biggest change you have seen in how baseball players have started lifting compared to when you were playing? If there has been a big one. Um, I don't know. For me personally, like growing up, I never really had like a baseball trainer or anything like that. Um, I feel like when I did get to college, well, at junior college, we didn't really have a strength and conditioning coach. So our workouts were just kind of whatever our coach gave us. And during the off season, we would actually go to a CrossFit gym and we would get our workouts in there. And it wasn't so much CrossFit, but some of their exercises were stuff that they would do in CrossFit, um, which I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Um, but once I actually got to St. Mary's, our strength and conditioning coach, like every, every time we lifted, it was more like full body. Uh, there was never like really like a focus on a certain area. And I don't think athletes need to train like that all the time, but at the same time, I think they just always treated it like if it was an in-season training, um, I never felt like there was an, a period where it was just like, hey, you're going to use these two or three months to just get big, uh, put on some weight, um, see how big and strong you can get, basically. Um, I guess now, kind of like ever since I got into being here at Bimo Elite Athletics, um, just kind of going, being a trainer myself, I feel like what has changed a lot is that um, – there's actually like phases, like progressions on your lifts now. Um, not so much like a progressive overload type deal, um, but just like from phase to phase, like the intensity and the effort kind of like gets higher and higher. Mm-hmm. Um, and after so many phases, it's good to kind of like go back to some of those phases and kind of modify where you need just so that you can identify any like imbalances that you need to get uh you need to put attention towards um i feel like nowadays especially since like you hear a lot of mlb players say like that they don't lift or they don't um do like one met one rep maxes two rep maxes like i feel like in the baseball world especially i feel like those one two rep maxes have kind of like gotten out the window mm-hmm. a little bit um, but it's always good to test those every now and then just to kind of see where your strength is at. Um, for sure. That's something I would maybe do maybe like a month after being in season. Uh, mm-hmm. once you've already kind of like getting, gotten back into like the rhythm of things, your body's kind of acclimated again to starting to lift heavier. I think that's like a good time to test those. Um, but at the end of the day, as athletes, our number one focus is to be able to stay healthy if we're not healthy there's no way we can perform um so i think that's the main thing that has like changed from when i was in school to now um the health of the athletes um obviously we don't want to be responsible for the athletes getting injured because again when you're injured there's no way you can perform yeah so um, for any athletes out there, make sure that you're optimizing your lifts because at the end of the day, your health is your number one priority. And that's what's going to 
keep you in the game in the long run. Yeah. No, I, I, I saw a tweet. I can't remember exactly who said it. It was a former MLB player. And he said, like, getting to pro ball, uh, more specifically MLB, he said – he, like, broke it down. He was like, all right, so it has to do with, one, can you perform? Like, that's main thing. If Do you have the skills to even play at this level? And can you maintain those skills over a period of time? Two is the mental aspect because especially at playing at this extremely high level like MLB, it's a game of failure. You know, it's the best of the best. You're going to fail. You have to be able to work through those. And then the other aspect that he mentioned and he said in the tweet was the most underlooked aspect is the ability to stay healthy. He said that it was crucial. He said, because there's guys that had all the skills in the world, mentality, everything, and then they're unable to stay healthy and they're off. They're on the field for a week and then they're back off the field. And I mean, right now, the first guy that comes to mind is Byron Buxton in my eyes, you know, dude, yeah. An amazing talent, like some of the best Ross, like speed, arm, everything. He he's a five tool player, but he just mm-hmm. in the last over the last five years, he just hasn't had the ability to just maintain his health, and it's yeah, it's sure. it's very disappointing, you know. And you know, obviously, for him, he doesn't want that to happen. But and I think just being, you know, I saw something else about what it's like being healthy or getting healthy a lot of the times these guys, especially at the highest level, they're putting their bodies under so much stress, like Jacob DeGrom, Max Scherzer, all these guys, they're just putting high levels of stress on their body on a consistent basis. And it's just, we're reaching, I think we're reaching the scope of what the human body can, can maintain. Yeah. You know? take. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, what is it? Every time you throw a baseball, it's the equivalent of, holding five was it five 15 pound dumbbells behind your head like how something much stress like, is, like put, is going yeah. on your elbow yeah no it's ridiculous yeah. so and I, I i'm glad that you brought up uh how everyone's saying like oh mlb players don't lift heavy yeah like hey you've met you you've met some mlb players some former guys and they're pretty big <laughs> like, yeah yeah, like, and, uh, I mean, I'm sure those guys, like, as they were growing up, I'm pretty sure they hit one, two rep maxes, too, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, well, especially, like, for them, once they get to the MLB, like we said it earlier, their main focus is to be able to stay healthy for 162 games, perhaps, I don't know, 10-year career, 20-year career, whatever it is. But 162 games for, say, a 20-year career, that's a lot of games so yeah their number one priority is their health so yeah um i don't i don't expect them to be doing one red maxes all the every yeah. single year or every month you know yeah so. i mean speaking speaking of injuries i don't know how big of a football fan you are or you're a cowboys fan right nah, hell no, no. <laughs> who, who do you go for again i don't even want to mention my team bro who is it <laughs> the Steelers oh the Steelers okay so <laughs> speaking of injuries I know this is a baseball podcast but I I felt this fitting to bring it up what what do you think about the Aaron Rodgers situation you hear um, about that I, it's disappointing because as yeah. a Packers fan as a Packers fan I was like oh we like 
I get it, man. He wanted to leave. Like I can't hold it against him. But then I we saw I saw what happened and I was like, oh, that's brutal. Like yeah, especially the Achilles injury, like Achilles tear. Yeah, like, I mean, it's not like he could have known, you know, that that was gonna happen. Yeah. Like, who knows? It could have been just over time, mm-hmm. overuse. Who knows? Like it could have been anything. I mean, yeah. could have happened to anyone, to be honest. So yeah. I feel bad. Cause... No, <laughs> dude, I feel bad too. It's especially yeah. for him because what is he? He's forty now, right? That was this is the age forty season. Achilles injury is a difficult injury to come back, yeah, back from. So yes, but I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, freak what freak injuries, freak injuries happen, especially in baseball. It's yeah. disappointing. I mean, do you have any advice for guys that might? You know, they might experience one of those and then, you know, they just have lingering issues over and over and over again. Like, do you have any advice um, for them on how to get through that? Well, first, I mean, I, I know, like, when facing a big injury like that, like, mentally, you could kind of, like, lose it and you just feel, like, very unmotivated to do stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, like, if for whatever reason a big injury happened, the main focus is just listen to your body. Um, don't try to rush anything. Uh, obviously, you wouldn't, you don't want to rush something, a big injury, and then like re-injure it again. So for sure, for those of you dealing with any of that stuff, make sure you listen to your body. Um, once your body feels pretty good, then it's just a matter of continuing to strengthening those muscles around it, um, improving range of motion. Um, just basically take every cautionary measure that you possibly can to make sure you're prepared for like your body to be able to withhold that. um, What's the word that, um, that effort that like you're putting in day in and day out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. All right. Last thing before I let you go and you can get back into the gym because I know that's where you are right now. What are your takes on energy drinks? um (laughs) (laughs) this is not we're not we're not we're not promoting anything here we're we're not i don't want anyone listen if anyone sees this this is not us saying hey (laughs) you need to take this no 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 no. i'm just asking we're just we're just seeing what what our personal thoughts are on them yeah i mean for me i i love it like the the caffeine (laughs) rush i mean obviously it gives you that extra boost you know but I mean, as athletes, I would say if you really, really need it. Um, I know you college guys, sometimes the 5 a.m. lifts, the the school workload, yeah. <laughs> um, the, the baseball workload, like, it can all be pretty demanding sometimes. And who knows, every, every now and then you might need that little boost of caffeine. I'm not against it. Um, but at the same time, don't abuse of it either. Um, yeah. You know what your body is capable of with and without the caffeine. So, yeah. no, I mean, I went through pretty bad where it was like a daily thing. I would have to take one and then I had to pump the, <laughs> I had to pump the brakes. I was like, all right, dude, this one, they're not good. For, I don't think they're good for you in the long run. They, they're not. Yeah. I think it's a lot better to go like the natural route when it comes to, especially like caffeine and just find energy. So I think like sleep, sleep is number one. 
I think that's that's the best. If you can prioritize your sleep, you'll have the better energy levels and you won't have to rely on caffeine. Two, I think you mentioned uh, beet powder. That is natural. I feel like that is one of the best things you should be taking as an athlete. And even like if you just want to feel more energized, you, know, you take it in the morning, maybe you put some creatine in there. That's what I always do. I just pair them together because it's mm-hmm. uh, nitric oxide. It expands your yeah. blood vessels. You get better blood flow. So I that and then um, if you are going to take caffeine, I feel like just black coffee is the way to go. You know, there's nothing, there's nothing in it, anything like that. If you want to add a little bit of, you know, milk, anything like mm-hmm. that, just to add some flavor. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but I think those three are the way to, way to do it, you know? No, yeah, for sure. And to, on top of those three, I would for sure add like your, your nutrition. Um, as athletes, you want to try, uh, well, like a good rule of thumb is to eat a gram of protein for every pound of body weight that you want to weigh. Um, so like for you, for example, you weigh anywhere between two to 200 to 210 pounds. So, um, to be able to get those 200 grams of protein a day is going to go a longer way in helping the body recover, um, than taking all these other supplements that in the long run might not even be good for you. Um, one thing that for sure that's high in protein is obviously your chicken, your steak, your, uh, ground beef eggs all that good stuff um the one thing that like i've heard there could there could be a lot of controversy on it too but like red meat um apparently it's paired with like higher um cancer uh risk but at the same time red meat has creatine and creatine on top of the creatine you're going to be taking already is going to help speed up that process a lot quicker mm-hmm. of recovery so uh, I would add for sure nutrition into your three. Yeah. I mean, nutrition is not something I know a whole lot about. Mm-hmm. I just know from my own personal experience, like right now at school, my go-to meal when I need a lot of, a lot of carbs, a lot of protein is I get three eggs. I get like a half pound of ground beef and rice and I eat that. And Perfect. I, does it it does the trick for me i mean i feel good after like i feel good after you know and that's the biggest thing like you said is just feeling good and bouncing back and to recover yeah for sure you know i think uh especially like in college i'm dealing we're dealing with a little bit of it right now where you just get your body just the they just beat the crap out of you day in day out it's like hey yeah it's not your you know the benefits of your training isn't going to come from it's not going to come from how, how much can I beat the crap out of my body so that it can make it have more endurance. It's how much can I beat the crap out of my body and then fully recover so that I can perform at the same level. That's what you're trying yeah. to get. And I think sure. a lot of guys, a lot of guys get caught up in, Oh, I worked this hard. I worked, I worked so hard and I, you know, I just, you know, destroy my body, you know, I'm maxing out all this stuff. It's like, okay, but are you recovering? going into the next throwing session, going into the next healing yeah. session, the next lift. That's crucial. So, yeah. I mean, I get that, like, especially as a college athlete, there's so much going on throughout the day that sometimes, like, you might neglect your nutrition. Um, 
but that's something I wish I would have taken a little bit more serious uh, when I was in college, just because now that I am taking it serious, like I've seen a big difference in not only how I feel, but in the mirror as well. Um, my numbers, everything, it just kind of puts everything together. So mm-hmm. that helps out for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, Fernie, I think we're going to wrap it up here for today. Thank you for taking the time That's to come good, on here. Um, I'll make sure yeah, I thank you, link your social medias and everything. Go give him a follow. Um, and if you're interested in working with him, please reach out to Bimo Elite Athletics. Uh, he works he works in house at the El Paso location, um, so he'll be doing a lot of your remote training for your strength conditioning stuff. He'll get with us and he'll be like, "Hey, put this guy on this phase, anything like that." So if you're interested in working on your pitching, your hitting your strength, nutrition, sleep, or you're just seeking advice, need help finding colleges, please reach out to Bimo Elite Athletics on either Instagram, Instagram, TikTok, myself, Fernie. Uh, shoot us a DM. Let us know if you have anything, gather more information. But Fernie, thank you for coming on. Yeah, no, thanks, man. Appreciate it. All right, you take care. You too, man. We'll see you.